All right, that's our announcements. So I'm going to read our scripture for this morning, uh, say a prayer, and then a very special speaker is going to come up. Uh, so please join me in your Bible. Uh, we're at Hebrews 10.10, 10, and it's on the back of your bulletin as well. Hebrews 10.10. 10. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a little confusing, but I got it. Uh, Hebrews 10.10. 10. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Please pray with me. Jesus, we love you this morning. We thank you for this opportunity to worship. We thank you for this time to be together in community. Thank you for the new faces that you've brought back safely to us. I pray that this morning as we uh, reflect on your love and your sacrifice that uh, we could be closer to you, that we could uh, make a commitment um, to honor you and be obedient and be faithful to that. Uh, Jesus, we love you and we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Is this, is this going now? Yeah, it is. This is different. <laughs> uh, boy, this is like Karen and I's second Sunday since June. We haven't been here quite a bit. We've been in Florida. We've been in Virginia. Um, so it's great to be back. Great to uh, see my son playing with old friends up here. It was awesome. And new friends with Taylor. Um, so I appreciated that. Uh, so Brian Kelly asked me to need a break. He's up in Mammoth and with Karen Kelly and uh, asked if I would teach. And, you know, the opportunity, it's been a while. I haven't been up here, at least. I've been staying in front of my classroom at school a lot, but um, we're already in. Um, but one of the things about, and Brian Kelly has uh, alluded to this many times, given an assignment to teach, in a way, I kind of wish I did it more often because it kicks my butt because what I usually teach on is the things I've gotten lazy on. So um, I hope nobody at any point ever thinks that someone who's standing up front teaching something has got whatever they're teaching about down. Um, I certainly don't. So um, anyway, uh, it's been an interesting week looking through and thinking through and working through some of the stuff just on my own and trying to make them have it again. Um, so it's a good reminder, and I want to just pass some of that on to us as a family, some things we can all work on. Um, in Scripture, there's, there's two very important ifications. <laughs> I'm going to take the first part out. Ifications, okay? The first one's justification. And uh, the definition of justification is, is we are declared or made righteous in the sight of God. And in Romans 3.28, it says that we are justified by faith. So by our faith in Jesus Christ, we are declared or made righteous in the sight of God. The other ification, which we're going to um, talk and learn about a little bit this morning, is sanctification, as the, the scripture kind of indicated. And that's the process, keyword underlined in my notes, and you're going to hear me repeat that in a variety of different ways probably, um, the process of becoming holy or perfected. In 1 John 3, 2, it says, we will be like him. There's going to be a time when we will be Christ-like. And um, back to the, the scripture that uh, Joel read, is we will. It's something that's going to happen. We will be sanctified. Um, so what I want to do is kind of just pick that apart a little bit. Um, so let me pray first, and then we'll get started on talking about and learning about sanctification and the process. So Lord, once again, I come before you and lift up this message, and I just pray that 
Not only would it speak to me as it has in these last few days, Lord, but it would speak to all of us. And God, that you would teach us to be patient with ourselves as you do the work of sanctification in our lives, but at the same time not be satisfied, God, um, but always desiring and hungering, Lord, to be more like you in every way. And like a song we sang this morning, I had to jot this down, that um, Taylor began with is, do only what you can do in our hearts. And that's just so profound. So there's many steps we can take, God. We help you that you would guide us through those steps. But in the end, we ask that you would do what only you can do in our hearts to make us love you and to be more like you in everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That was awesome, actually. Taylor, just that verse from that song, uh, do only what you can do, and that is the bottom, we already said, that's the bottom line. Uh, it does require discipline, this process of sanctification, so I'm kind of giving you the punchline at the beginning. Being a sixth grade teacher, and being me, I know that I'm in and out of any lesson, and uh, so, like I'll tell my kids sometimes, if, if I feel like it's a lesson that's more important than others, I'll say, listen to this now, because if you, if you half listen, you're only going to get half the story. So if it's, if it's just God working in my life, and I can, oh, cool, I can just kind of do my own thing, and it doesn't require any discipline, which is the other side of the story, I'm only getting part of it, because it is kind of a two-part process in our lives. Because we can be, God can be working in our lives, but we can say no to that work. We can choose to go against what he's putting in our hearts. So um, get that, if nothing else, by the end here. So First of all, what is this word, sanctification? So uh, kind of a synonym, um, transformation. It's a change in who we are. And Philippians 1.6 says this, as we are changing who we are, this is Paul writing, and he says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus. He who began, Jesus Christ, has begun a good work in our lives. He will bring it to completion. And it's so easy. I think we probably all know this. It can be frustrating. It would be um, just disappointing many times. When it's just like, I don't see God working in my life. But he's promising here. It's one of God's great promises. He will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, the thing that first put this in my heart, actually, was Brian Kelly in mid-late July. I was in Florida. And time to time, he sends out little uh, texts with, um, with an attachment on it, and uh, it was a little video, and I, being a simple, <laughs> simple person, I liked the title right off. It was Sanctification Made Simple, and it's a little bit two-minute two or so uh, video here that Russell's going to show us and listen to, but uh, here's our little springboard for the thoughts here. Sanctification is a five-syllable abstraction for the very human process of growing up and simply being and becoming human. And when we think about how a flourishing humanness is described in Scripture, it operates in two dimensions. One is that we learn how to walk with our Savior, one shorthand would be we become increasingly childlike toward our Father, whom we trust. And then there's a horizontal dimension that we become increasingly like our Savior, that we learn 
in all the variety, all whole sorts of variety of ways, how we talk with people, what our priorities are, our choices, how we approach, you name it, money, relationships, decision-making, we actually become helpful to others. I, I like that shorthand, childlike towards our father and helpful towards other people. Um, one word of clarification I think that's helpful and defining is that sanctification actually has a, a past tense, a present tense, and a future tense, just like the word salvation. So the Bible actually uses the word sanctification most often in the past tense. It will say, you are a saint. You have been made holy. The present tense is the aspect of it that I mean in this book, which is the becoming holy, becoming childlike, becoming helpful, becoming both wiser and walking with and more conformed to becoming like our Jesus. And then sanctification has a future tense, that on the last day when the battle is done and the race is run and, and we see him face to face, then we will be like him. Illustrated that both with words and little symbols on my paper here is um, a vertical aspect where our trust in God and knowing his intentions in my life are good, I become more childlike. I become more trusting. So as I'm growing up, in another sense, my growing up means becoming more dependent, more dependent on God. So a little, quick little personal illustration, because I'm working on this and I'm sitting in an airport just a week or so ago. Shane and Maggie had a um, nice wedding reception out in her hometown in Galax. And uh, we're sitting in, uh, I, think, I think it was, actually it was Friday morning, 1 a.m. And I don't know if anybody works for American Airlines, but we, we travel with them a lot, kind of out of necessity because of the places we go. But I don't trust those guys. <laughs> it goes from delaying to a second delay, a third, and then probably canceled. That's the operator. And I, I've seen it. It's just been part of that too many times. And being a family thing, it's like, I, I just want, I want to get there. So it's Karen and I sitting in the airport, 1 a.m., and my little phone buzzes in my pocket. And I'm like, okay, who, why else would I get my phone buzz at 1 a.m.? Sure enough, American Airlines text, uh, flight such and such, delayed. And, and it's like, oh, gosh, there's no way I can miss anything that's going to be happening these next few days because I want to be part of this in their lives. And, you know, if it's something else, there's so many other things. It's like, oh, okay, it's a bummer, whatever. But anyway, it's a big deal. I want to be there. And um, this is on my mind because I'm working on this a little bit. And I just go, you know what? Like, think about this. In yourselves, we probably most of us have been in a place like that. Is there anything I can do about it? There's nothing. Okay, so that just this is where this little childlike thing comes. There's nothing I can do about it. <sighs> I become a little baby and just let God, it's like God's just yours, whatever. And anyway, a peace, a peace comes over me, and it's like, okay, that's, that's, <laughs> that's that, little, that, that little place of, it's like, okay, you're becoming more dependent on a God who has your future. This may be a big deal, it may be not, but that dependence, that vertical relationship with God that becomes more and more childlike. And at the same time, there's this horizontal aspect, as we just saw, uh, where because of my childlikeness and my trust in God, I become more like Jesus in my interactions. And as a result, other people benefit. And as he says, um, you actually become helpful. You become a useful person on this planet, and it's not just all about me. So there's these two parts to this, loving God more, 
loving others better. So when you drive through, uh, <laughs> when you drive through the South, which we've done several times now, we drive to Florida every year, every summer for gosh, maybe five years now, and we go through. We're probably not really in the South till you start hitting like. I don't know if you guys will disagree with this, to like Arkansas, okay? We, we do go through Texas and Oklahoma. But we hit Arkansas, and then we, so we're on the 40, and we veer down through Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, to Pensacola. And when you start getting in there, you start seeing these big billboards, all kinds of Christian messages, which is very cool. Some of them are kind of comical. I've actually taken pictures and texted them to some of my buddies here. There's a classic one on the road from Birmingham to Pensacola where there's a devil chasing a guy and it says, says read your Bible or the devil's going to get you. I said, oh, what, a, what a great message. But there was one actually when we, after uh, the, <laughs> after the, uh, uh, I'll just call it reception out there in Galax. We had, Karen and I had one extra day and we drove from Galax down to Mount Airy. So people my age may have grown up watching a TV show that was based on life in Mount Airy, which on television they called it Mayberry. And uh, so we went down to um, uh, Andy Griffith's hometown and spent the day there. But there was a board that I saw while we were driving. I forget what highway it is. It's a small one. And it said this. Um, and it actually was, like, again, because this is on my mind. It says, we love others best when we love Jesus most. Now, we don't see things like that around here very often. Maybe on the placard of a church or something like that. But there was this little billboard. And I was like, that's exactly what this is all about. When we love Jesus most, we love others better. And uh, so anyway, I, th I found that to be pretty profound. So um, I'm getting ahead of myself for a moment. So my first job here really was to kind of like just define what this um, uh, sanctification, what it is. So it's becoming more Christ-like and it's loving others better. Okay, um, one way we can um, actually see what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis is in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Some of you guys might recognize that off the top of your head. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit. So when these things are expressing themselves in our life, we are, as they more and more in our lives, we are being sanctified. We are being transformed. We are becoming more Christ-like. We are becoming more helpful to the people around us. And those fruits of the Spirit are love, and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We have to be a little bit careful. I remember teaching elementary school and focusing when we're going to work on the fruits of the Spirit. And just that, I just used a key word as I said that. We're going to work on the fruits of the Spirit. The thing we have to be a little bit careful of, there is discipline involved, so I don't want to ignore that part, but that can become a list of things that, leaving God out of it, these become um, behavioral uh, uh, standards for myself that I can get very frustrated when I don't allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in me that makes that stuff become the fruit of the Spirit. I know many, there's a handful of messages I've heard where they said, notice it doesn't say it's, the, it's, not the, it's not the work, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not the fruit of the work, okay? So it's God's work in us that provutes, um, creates that fruit. So we gotta be a little careful. That's not just a checklist of behavioral patterns. But when you see in people's lives, or if you take the occasional um, kind of a, an accounting of your own life, it's like, oh, I, gosh, I, I used to get really 
upset with this situation, or I used to be really impatient in that situation, or whatever it might be. And you can take courage. It's like, oh, gosh, God's actually working in me. Um, so uh, I, I know a, a teacher that I had once years ago said, it, it's great to take those, those introspective looks and kind of just see how you're, he says, but don't look too long. Because I've done that, and it actually sent me down a pretty deep hole for a while, which is actually the reason, some of this is the result of being in that hole in that place that I've mentioned a handful of times. I probably learned more in that time than any other time. And it was because I was, partly because I was so frustrated with the idea that my life just wasn't measuring up and I wasn't letting God do the work in me. And he had to drag me through it to, to allow him to start doing some things in my life. So this is what it looks like though. When you see a life where those fruits are expressing themselves, all right? So, um, a, a scripture I came upon, and I, and I think this is, I don't think this is the point of this scripture, but it's something I got and taught on once on this scripture, but there's something about sanctification that um, in your life, as you transform, as God works in your life and the Holy Spirit starts to change your heart and do that work only he can do, is it starts to produce itself naturally. And there's um, actually in Matthew 25, there's a story that Jesus tells, and it's 31 through, yeah, okay, we just got one verse at a time. So it says, when, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, and he'll sit on his glorious throne, before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place his sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my Father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison or, and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did to me. Actually, we can end it there. Uh, the thing that jumped out to me as I was reading this years ago, and I feel like I guess the Lord spoke to me through it as I was preparing a lesson, was people didn't, these people, they didn't know they were doing those things. And I, and I know that the real gist of it is when we extend these kindnesses to the world around us, it's, it's, we're doing it for as, you know, on, on part as, as we were due to Jesus. But people didn't, they didn't know they were doing it because it was just what they did. They were just doing what they do. Okay? Uh, it was part of their nature. Um, so becoming Christ-like more and more as we are being transformed or sanctified, it becomes more and more of our nature. And that checklist kind of mentality of the fruits of the Spirit, that starts to diminish as my focus becomes more and more that vertical relationship with God, and it works itself out as that checklist, as those fruits of the Spirit. So last week, so I'm a sixth grade teacher over at Oak, Oaks Christian, and um, actually Maggie and Shano rescued me because I didn't have to go to all the meetings that pre precede a school year, but I did have to go to one of them, and the one I went to do I have any Oaks tea? Oh, Spady is here, so he can. <laughs> my friend from Oaks is here today, and uh, oh, this this so this <laughs> I don't remember his name, but we had a speaker, and he was a professor from like Cambridge or something like that, 
And for me, a sixth grade teacher, like I even mentioned before, I'm pretty simple, simple-minded. Um, <laughs> in a good way. Um, anyway, he's, he's up there, and, he, and it's like, this is the last place I want to be. It's like, you know, it's summer's just, it's like, can, I, can, I, can I get back to the ocean now? And, uh, oh, gosh, he's just, he's just throwing out these big words. And it's like, I don't even, I don't even know what he's talking about anymore. And, uh, but I did come away with one thing. So... It's a good, <laughs> and it, this idea of what he called precognitive habits, precognitive habits. And what these are, these are things that we don't even think about that make us, us. We don't even think about these things. And one of the, when he was talking, I wasn't quite applying it to this point, is I was thinking about coaches in various sports. And of course, me usually when I think of sport, I think of baseball. And uh, so often, a very good hitter does not make a very good hitting coach because so many of the aspects of hitting a baseball, they just come naturally. They come naturally. He just, he just gets it. Maybe his eyes and his hands and his brain talking to his muscles is, is a little bit better than everybody else's. But the, the small details that he tries to teach, it's kind of like... And I, I read a little something. This is a little bit off topic, but I was kind of fascinated by this. Uh, so if you, if you guys are good with this. It's kind of a fun thought, but I looked it up, and actually it was in Psychology Today, um, and it says, skilled performers often have trouble putting their actions into words in the first place. That's why those who perform at the highest levels should think twice about teaching their skills to others. When a scratch golfer in my lab, the, the writer's lab thing that she's doing her research, for instance, was asked to describe a putt he just took, he says, I don't know. I don't think. But let me tie this in with what we're talking about. Uh, he didn't. He he wasn't handed a putter one day and just do it. He he disciplined himself to the point where he doesn't have to think about it anymore. And it goes on and it says, just think about the type of description you might get from Michael Jordan if he were asked how he dunks a basketball. He might invoke the Nike motto and say he just he just does it. So, but it took, it took time, it took discipline, but there is that aspect of what's called precognitive habits. It just becomes who you are. It's the things that make you you. And so what we want to do is get to a place where those fruits of the Spirit are just what make us us, okay? So part three is, how do we do that? Okay. Uh, first thing is, we need to be able to access the Holy Spirit. If he's not doing the work, so back to the opening song, do that work that only you can do. If he's not doing the work in our heart and it just becomes behavior, I'm going to fall back and fall back and fall back because I'm weak, my flesh is weak, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to see any advancement in this area. So the first thing is we've got to come to a place, each person individually on their own has to come to the place where I'm going to trust Jesus with my life. You, God, you, you've got my life. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to believe that you say who you say you are. And then second of all, we have to allow that, and I'm going to give a, a few little thoughts here on top of this, is allow your mind to be transformed by that love of Jesus. So when I was having this very difficult time struggling through all this because I was all in my head, is the person I was seeing to help me through this taught me to start praying. She goes, you know what? You, you need to begin thinking about doing this. Do you love Jesus? I'm like, yeah, yeah but I, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I guess. So start praying to the Holy Spirit. 
That's the person in the Trinity who does the work in your heart. Pray to the Holy Spirit, help me to love Jesus more and more. To love Jesus more and more. Allow the Holy Spirit to start doing this. So, so, so Stop trying so hard. Allow him to do something in you that bit by bit causes me to love Jesus more. And so if you remember the, the billboard from whether I was in Virginia or North Carolina at the time, but not, I don't know, but <laughs> near the border, we love others best when we love Jesus most. So first thing, and we'll pray these in a few minutes at the end. Holy Spirit, cause my heart to love Jesus more. Holy Spirit, give me a hunger for his word. So, like getting to know an individual person in my life that I'm attracted to and, and, and want to love more, I need to learn and understand better, give me a desire for your word, Lord. And again, I'm praying to the Holy Spirit because he's the one who does this work in my heart. So, Holy Spirit, cause me to love Jesus more. Give me a hunger for your word. Help me to love worship. I know, I mean, that's super fun, but to really love it and it not just be what we do here. And it doesn't always have to be loud. It can be quiet. It can be active. It can be inactive. But just to have this heart's desire to love, to worship God. You know, I, I, I'm constantly reminded of this um, because we live where we live and we see the things we see each day. It's like, oh, this is easy. And I go out to the ocean and see, it's easy to worship when I'm surrounded by all this. But there's people just like us who live in an inner city who, who you know, they could be 15, 20 years old and still never have made it out to the beach yet. So when they step out their door, it's horns honking in the sides of buildings. And yet at the same time, their hearts can learn to love worship as much as ours do, even though their environment is completely different. Um, it's making me think of, uh, and th this is convicting for me, but in a moment of God speaking to me at school, um, I was sitting at my computer, and I was doing, getting ready for something like this, and I found, a, I found a picture, an image, and it was just like a huge crowd. And I put a little, and every now and then I stumble on this on my computer, and I put a little caption on it. It says, what Jesus loves most. And it was like all these people. And what I have the hardest time with, the place I don't want to be the most, is right in the middle of that big group of people. Just it's like, <laughs> even, you know, Dodger Stadium, parking lots, just lots of people. And it's like, that's what I dislike the most, yet at the same time, it's what Jesus loves the most. So help our hearts to change that we love worship and we see God in all these places. We don't have to be out in the beautiful places we have in Malibu, but everywhere. So notice I keep repeating. I'm a sixth grade teacher, so that's the way I teach. Love Jesus more. Holy Spirit, teach me to have a hunger, a desire. I can't wait to get into your word. Read something, learn something, be spoken to. Help me to love worship and help me to love truth. In Matthew uh, in 5 in the Beatitudes, um, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness' sake. Help me to love truth. So, um, Janet Doobie might be impressed by this. John Milton, Paradise Lost. Nice little quote from him, <laughs> English teacher. What we love defines who we are. What we love defines who we are. So if I allow the Holy Spirit to do these things in my life, love Jesus more, love his word more, love worship more, love and seek truth more. If John Milton's right, what we love defines who we are. 
I become more and more Christ-like. Now, I can say no to any time. I can say no to any of that. And that's, so there is the aspect of discipline. Okay, the Holy Spirit's tugging me. I know, I know, but I, I can't. I can make. I, we, God's still given us free will, so I don't want to take away our responsibility. So we do have to kind of step up and pay attention and be obedient to the Holy Spirit's work in our life as He does it. Um, it's an interesting. Uh, so I never read Paradise Lost, by the way, uh, <laughs> but I loved that phrase. Um, but I did read. The Great Divorce. And what's really interesting in that, if you're C.S. Lewis, so if you're familiar with that, it's this allegory, and these people sort of live in this grayish world of nothingness, and uh, they're on a bus, and there's a real world out there. That's heaven. Those are the people who are in relation with God, and they're seeing the world for what it really is. And these people who are not in heaven, I'll just call them, they're like ghosts, uh, the real world is painful. And when they even step on grass, it feels like they're stepping on sharp knives because it's real and they're kind of not. And so some of them choose not to continue on in that path of becoming real. Or as he is, uh, I forget his name, but um, uh, the video we watched, becoming human. And they, they choose not to because it's painful. And so um, point there is, is some of this is a painful process. But one of the things I'm going to pray in a second, and I actually prayed it when we began, is, God, would you help us to be patient with ourselves? Because you can, you can get frustrated and be careful of that. Be patient with ourselves is the way he's patient with us, but at the same time, not be fully satisfied with ourselves all the time. Just kind of a tricky little balance there. But let, that, let the Holy Spirit do that work in our lives to become more like him. So one last thought, just to kind of finish, is... Um, I think we're going to look at the, the fruits of the Spirit one more time, is when we're consistent in allowing God to change us, so when we're consistent in allowing, I'm not changing myself, when we're consistent in allowing God to change us and we're obedient to those changes, this is what a transformed life begins to look like. And um, so I'm going to pray that for us as a family and for myself. Um, I want to encourage all of us as I finish here is make that your prayer. And it's a, it's a, as we've indicated a couple of times through scripture and through the talk there, it's, it's, it's a lifelong process. So it's like, okay, by Friday, I want to have those things squared away in my life. Okay, don't be silly as I am being right now. It's a lifelong process. So allow God to do that lifelong work in your lives. All right, let's pray. So, Father in heaven, I thank you for who you are, the God of all creation. I thank you for the beauty that you have set around us. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who through him we are justified and made right before you. And it's in his name that I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would do these works in our lives. Lord, that you would teach us to love Jesus more. And as we love him more, we become more like him in our attitudes and our actions, the way we see people, the way we think about people, the way we even think about ourselves. I pray that you would pray that you would also help us hunger for your word more, Lord, that we would know more and understand about who and what it is we are choosing to believe. Help us to understand it better. Give us 
Give us hearts and eyes that are more and more open to your word and um, you know, all that it has for us. And then, Lord, I pray that you would help us to love worship more. Not just in the fun, loud, exciting times, as much as we love that and we do, but also in the quiet times and the quiet places to come before you and just worship at your feet, knowing that you are God. And therefore, just in that alone, you are worthy of worship, whether we're in sickness or in health. And then, God, help us to hunger and thirst for righteousness, Lord, to love truth and, and seek it and to uh, live in it. So, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would do these things in our heart, um, help our lives to live horizontally in a way that um, actually is helpful to the world around us, that is uh, not just an example, but actually helps other lives be um, impacted just for good in any way, Lord. And I pray also that uh, our vertical sanctification would work itself out as we become more and more childlike and dependent on you. So we thank you for the time we've had here, just listening, learning. Pray that you would speak to our hearts through everything that's happened. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.